The following segment is from the off-day debrief on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. The Seahawks get the 23-17 win. It pains me to talk about the Seahawks right off the top, but I think we should. I mean, they highlighted it on the broadcast. This is the worst passing defense of all time. It doesn't matter. As you have said, you nailed it from the start of the season. Russell Wilson is good. Who cares about the defense? DK Metcalf catches like one out of every three balls you throw him, but it's still good enough to dominate. And the Seahawks roll to another win. Ho-hum for Seattle, who are now, you know, they're maintaining that NFC West lead. They're eight and three. They're number two overall in the NFC playoff picture, just behind the Saints at the top there. Uh, you know, big win for them and really unsurprising. They always own the Eagles. I think Russell Wilson now seven and zero against the Eagles, the team that passed on him three times in the 2012 NFL draft. Uh, and also DK Metcalf, another Eagles player, or another could have been Eagles player that Philly passed on three times, uh, made the Eagles pay. Stats, I don't know if you saw this, but Jim Schwartz, the Eagles defensive coordinator, apparently said something to DK Metcalf before the game about how, like, you're no Megatron. And and after the game, Eagles PR was quick to put out, like, Jim Schwartz is actually trying to compliment Metcalf there. And, like, okay, but he didn't take it that way, and it definitely gave him extra motivation. Now, let's be real. Like, that didn't actually, you know, matter. Like, Metcalf still would have gone off. He's done it against the Eagles twice before. So uh, I'm not, like, putting that all on Jim Schwartz. And actually, the, the, you know, the defense did relatively well to hold the NFL's top scoring offense to just 23 points there. But, yeah, Seattle, um, I really struggle to give them a lot of credit, you know, for, for their defensive improvement in this game specifically just because of how bad the Eagles offense was, but to their credit, you know, they, they didn't get gassed by them. They could have, that could have happened. Um, that didn't happen. And then yeah, Russell Wilson, just, you know, having DK Metcalf, what a blessing. I mean, just the guys are freaking beast. Yeah. The, the thing about the Seahawks, I see it with the chiefs too. The skill of the quarterback perfectly complements what the receiver does with the chiefs. It's the fact that Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball out of the planet and Tyree kills fast enough to catch it no matter where he throws it. With the Seahawks, it's DK Metcalf does one thing really well, which is run straight ahead. He's super fast. And Russell Wilson is placing the ball like you couldn't hand it to to DK Metcalf in a better spot than where Russell Wilson is placing it. And so Metcalf grabs it and he uses his giant body and his giant arms and he gets touchdowns left, right and center. It's a perfect match. And that's a credit to John Schneider for sort of marrying those two things. Yeah, and he was beating Darius Slay, too, who has had a pretty good season. I wouldn't say, like, an amazing season because we haven't seen enough big plays, like his nickname, Big Play Slay, for the Eagles. I don't think he's had an interception yet. But, I mean, still, like, one of the better slash best cover corners in the league. And he was in position, you know, he was in phase with Metcalf a lot, but uh, it just didn't matter because Metcalf is just a monster of a player, and he was winning those 50-50 balls and uh, yeah, just, I mean, crazy numbers, stats. I mean, 10 receptions for 177 yards. Uh, that's like more or, or around there, uh, I, I believe, than like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, who the Eagles passed on or, or took, sorry, instead of taking, they passed on Metcalf and they took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside instead. Uh, so it's a really good luck for the Eagles there. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was just, I had no faith in the Eagles winning this game just because, again, Seattle owns this team. The Eagles haven't beaten the Seahawks stats since 2008. You know, they, they've just been owned wow. by this team. Doug Peterson's Eagles had never 
put up more than 15 points in a game against Seattle. And hey, congrats. He did it here with 17 with eight of those coming on a Hail Mary and then a two-point conversion uh, in garbage time. So they do have that going for them. But uh, yeah, I think Seattle is definitely, like I've said the whole season, like nothing really to worry about with them um, in terms of like they're still going to be in good position to be in the playoffs. They're going to be a high seed. Does the defense? Yeah, they could be. Uh, well, well, let's get into that. Do you think they will be? I 100% think they will be. Look at their schedule. The next two games, they play the New York teams, the Giants and the Jets. And the Giants, I mean, Daniel Jones might not even play. So any hope you might have had for an upset is going to be gone because Colt McCoy just ain't getting it done. So that's two more wins. After that, they play Washington. You got to think that's another win right there. They have one game left against the Rams, which they cannot seem to beat the Rams. It's sort of a weird triangle in the NFC West. The Rams own the Seahawks. The Seahawks own the 49ers, and the 49ers own the Rams. But So they might lose one more game, and then they play the 49ers in Week 17. And let's be honest, Seattle knows how to beat the 49ers. So I think they're only losing one game the rest of the way. To me, they're going to be the one seed. I think it's pretty clear, especially when the Saints have Taysom Hill, who cannot seem to throw the ball. That's their only challenge in the NFC to me. So I think Seattle's going to be the one seed. And that would be big, you know, being the only team to get the buy. I mean, I think the Saints need the buy the most, right? I mean, to have that extra week and potentially, Ooh. you know, you know, give Drew Brees some extra rest there, that would be big for them. And and if the Saints uh, fall out of that spot and Seattle slips in there, I mean, that's a really big position there. Yeah, for sure. And I I know that Green Bay is there also, but I just Green Bay's schedule is not as advantageous as Seattle's schedule. I mean, that's a that's a powder puff, marshmallowy, pillowy, soft schedule for Seattle. Let's look at the how Green Bay is going to finish up here as I bring it up. I mean, oh, well, they have your Eagles next week, BLG. I wonder who's going to win that one. The Eagles did go into Lambeau last year and upset the Packers. Am I counting on it to happen again? I am not. So then they have the Lions after that. The Panthers, who the Panthers are a very tough game. That is not a cupcake game at all. They're really, they're better than I thought they would be in year one. Uh, they're a feisty team. Then they play the Titans, who can put up a fight for sure, especially with Derrick Henry. I mean, the Packers can't stop the run, so that should be interesting. And they finish up with the Bears, who are terrible. Okay, so it's it's somewhat comparable, but there's a couple of tough games in there. I still give Seattle the edge. Make sure you don't miss our next conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.